Welcome to the Burn Hickory Podcast, where you can listen to our sermons each week. Our mission is to reach everyone around us with the hope of Christ. And our goal is that you'll find a place where you can learn, grow, live, and thrive in a faith family. Now let's get ready to dig into Scripture and see what God has for us today. Well, good morning, church. That's incredible of a week that I have just had in Kenya and just seeing God move there, getting home last night. I could not hardly wait just to be here today to celebrate what we're doing today, to get to see over 50 people baptized in one morning. On top of that, yeah, come on, we can give it up for that. Oh, man. And just on top of that, just getting to actually dive into the topic to teach what baptism is today is exciting. So what we're going to do is I'm going to teach what it is and what it does and do I have to do it and does it make me a Christian and when should I do it? You know, I got to thinking this week and last week when it comes to baptism, unlike many things in our faith, unlike many things like living out the life of Jesus and loving others and understanding grace and walking a life of peace, baptism is really incredibly easy to judge if we are walking in obedience to it. The reality is if you are a believer in Jesus and you've given your life to Jesus, it's really easy for you to tell if you have been baptized, right? It's really easy. Unlike kind of loving somebody, sometimes you're kind of on the border. I might be there and I might not, or maybe even some like kind of thought life. I might be there. I might not. Baptism, it's really easy. If you've given your life to Jesus, it's either, yes, I have been baptized as a believer, or no, I have not. You know, also, I got to thinking one step farther than that, and really, every one of us in here falls into one of four categories. Now, I know I can get into trouble because nobody likes to be categorized, right? But it's true. There's only four categories of people when you think about baptism in this room. The first category of you are those of you that have have not trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Maybe you're checking it out. Maybe you're not sure about it yet. And of course, you've never thought about baptism because it just doesn't even mean anything to you yet. And that's okay. You haven't united yourself with Christ yet. That's the first category. The second category of you are those that have made a decision to follow Jesus, but for some reason, you have never taken that step to follow through with believer's baptism. The third category are those of you that were baptized as a baby. You were baptized as a baby, and somebody in your life with incredible intentions taught you that that was believer's baptism in the New Testament. We're going to talk about that in a minute, right? Just saw the air leave the room. Amen. There it was. But fourth are those of you that are Christ followers. You've given your life to Jesus, And you have taken this step to proclaim to the world that Jesus is your Savior. You see, every one of us in here, we fall into one of those categories. So my goal in the next 16 minutes and 58 seconds is to show each one of us something about baptism that can help us. From some of you that don't know what it is, I want to introduce it. For those of you that do know what it is, I want to give you some baptism nuggets of truth that can help you, whether you're walking with your kids or whether you've led someone to the Lord and you can begin to speak this in our life. I just think it's important to point out that we just don't teach baptism a lot. I mean, we do it a lot and we think that everybody understands it, it, but we don't teach it a lot. But Jesus 
made it an incredibly important part of our doctrine. So let me start off by just giving you a baseline definition of baptism. Here it is. I'll put it on the screen for you. Baptism is the public symbol that you are believing in Jesus, receiving his saving work as your own, and publicly declaring to others that you are his follower. That's what baptism is. At its, at its boiled down basic point, this is baptism. And fundamentally, when we talk about baptism, we've got to understand a few things. And the first thing that just kind of came to my mind this week was that baptism is not man's idea. There wasn't three guys sitting around a campfire in ancient days that said, hey, how can we make it awkward for believers, right? There wasn't three guys at a bar someday and said, hey, what can we do to distinguish ourselves? No, baptism is from God. It was God's idea. It's not a denominational thing. It's not a Baptist thing. The reality is, is it's a Jesus thing. And when you really want to just define baptism, it is the anchor of our faith story. It's the anchor. It is the tether that always we have something to look back at a moment that we proclaimed what Christ has done for us. It's the anchor of our faith story. So much so that Jesus, his last message to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 says this, verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority on heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. And surely I'm with you, Jesus says, always to the very end of the age. Look at the commands in this scripture. The first is to go and to make disciples. That is all of our jobs as believers in Jesus. At its very core is to make disciples. The second command though is to do what? It is to baptize, right? To baptize how? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, baptism is huge, but I think some of us that even grew up in the church and have been around the church for a very long time, we still do not grasp the richness of what it is and what it does and what it portrays. So I want to give you three misconceptions of baptism real fast. And then I want to give you three things that baptism proclaims this morning. And I want to mesh those together for us to come to an understanding of what it really is. Here's the first misconception that I find a lot of people have about baptism, and that is that some say that baptism saves me. Some people believe that baptism saves them, to which I would say, no, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that faith in Jesus is what saves you. In fact, baptism doesn't save us it at all. Baptism is a post-salvation proclamation. Baptism is for people who already have Jesus. Jesus has done everything we need for salvation. If we say that baptism saves us, we have a word works-based salvation that takes the power away from Christ and puts it into us. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is a coming out, if you would. It's a declaration of Jesus's lordship. That's the first misconception. Baptism doesn't save you. The second misconception is that I can just be what I would just call indifferent to baptism. 
that I can just be kind of like, you know what, I can just do what I want to with it. I can maybe get around to it, maybe not. I can treat it like a lot of other areas. No, Jesus was very clear in saying that you need to be baptized, that you need to do this. In fact, it's a central command of scripture. It's not a do it when you get around to it. It's not a do it if it's convenient. The book of Acts, we'll see this in a few minutes, is very clear when it says that you get saved and then boom, you're baptized. That's the rhythm of the whole New Testament. It's obedience is what it really is. It really is obedience. But I hear people all the time, man, I'm just, I'm just kind of scared. I'm just kind of ashamed. Listen, let me kind of turn that on its head a little bit and say this. I'd be scared not to. Because it's a central command of faith that is very easy to do, to live out. The second misconception is that I can just be indifferent to baptism. And it just is what it is. Here, here's the third one I want to give you. And that is that the third misconception is that infant baptism is biblical. All right, now I know, I just felt the air leave the room, right? I get it, okay? And I'm going to be sensitive in this, but let me just tell you this. You should thank your parents if they did that for you. All right, you should thank, you say, whoa, Matt, where are you going with this? Let, let me tell you how you should thank them. You should thank your parents for that because they thought enough about you and enough about your faith to want to see you grow in your faith. But listen, infant baptism is not New Testament baptism. It's not. In fact, it's not found anywhere in scriptures. Now, I get it. Man, we have done this. For our people have done this for their kids, for history, since the second and third generation. Actually, that's where it came out. It was a thinking that this infant baptism would save this kid from the original sin and give them eternal life. And they would be saved as a result of their parents' faith. Now, look, you can't read scripture. You can't. And see that that's where salvation comes from. But we can applaud the parents because they wanted to see their kid grow in the faith. But New Testament baptism is when someone that knows Jesus stands up and says, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. It's what we're seeing all through scripture. The other is just a tradition of man. You see, New Testament baptism is one of two of the ordinances that God give us as a church that we should operate in. The first one is the Lord's Supper. We talked about that a couple of months ago, right? That we are proclaiming the death, the body, and the blood of Christ. And we are uniting ourselves through that supper together to, to have that a part of us as believers. The second ordinance is baptism to where we're saying to the world that I am uniting myself in the, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection resurrection of Jesus. Man, these things perfectly show us who Jesus is. In fact, if you're new to scripture, check this out. Jesus' baptism is given to us as an adult in scripture. In Matthew chapter 3, let me read it to you real fast. It says this in verse 13. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. And then John's like, okay, okay, okay. Right now, right, that's what he did. Jesus replied, let it be no, so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John, of course, what? He consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened up and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. 
And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and I, and in him, I am well Please, could you imagine being there on the, on the shore or on the bank of the Jordan River that day? Could you imagine just listening to this interaction between Jesus and John having this little moment? No, not me, you, not me, you do. And then what does Jesus go? I'm God. He's like, okay, I got you, right? Could you imagine feeling the power of the Trinity in this moment of the Father and the, and the Son and the Holy Spirit uniting in this place? But notice quite simply in the text what happened. What happened? Jesus was baptized, it glorified God, and it made God pleased. You know, there's so many things in our lives that we're really not sure if God is pleased with us in it or not. But let me tell you something. When you walk through those waters that you just watched right there, every single one of you know this that just did that. You pleased God. You pleased him. Your life was a pleasing aroma to God in that moment. And when we watch the New Testament, and we watch the New Testament heroes, all of them were baptized. When you see this in the text, it's incredible. In fact, there's this funny little text in John chapter 4 that, that says that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John. Now, I love that. Now, who wants to be in that context with Jesus, right? It's like, hey, I mean, you get the day, God. I mean, you know, you know I wouldn't want to be in that one, right? But they were, but what does that tell us? That tells us that baptism was a regular thing. It was a regular thing for all converts. In fact, we really don't see in Scripture any believers or heroes of the faith that were not baptized except for the thief on the cross, right? He was a little tied up. There's some dad jokes for you right there. All right, so here's the question, okay? Here's the question. What, what is the big deal with baptism? It, we, we see it, how essential it is, but... But what's the big deal with it? Remember earlier when I said that baptism was the, was the anchor in our story? But what does that really mean, anchor in our story? Okay, let me give you three things that makes it the anchor of our story. Three proclamations, if you would, that you are proclaiming when you are baptized. Number one, here's what you're saying. You're saying, number one, that I'm taking hold of salvation and I'm letting go of my former life. That's what it does to you in baptism. It is you proclaiming to the world that I have died to the old and my former life is behind me. It is a symbol of your life has been buried in Christ and has been risen again. You are no longer who you used to be. Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans 6, chapter 3 says it like this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, watch this, just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, when Christ died, he died our death. That means that we're not the same person that we used to be. That means that we now do not have to feel the sting of death that Christ did when he was separated from the Father. And when we are baptized as believers in Jesus, what we are saying is that old part of me is now gone. I'm now walking away from it. The symbolism of being put under the water. In just a minute, we're going to watch a couple more people be baptized, right? Well, I want you to watch it through this lens. When we are put under the water, it is signifying a death of the old, a symbolic burial, and it rising up out of the water means that my past has been cleansed, and I am new. 
I'm a new person. That's why immersion is such an incredibly special gift that God shows us. It means we've been cleansed. The old is gone. The second thing that baptism proclaims is that I'm realizing that I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I'm now free in Jesus. That's what baptism is. It means that all of the things that used to to hold me down, that used to burden me, that used to push me down, all of those things have been wiped away. Baptism proclaims that we have a new, free life in Jesus and that I want to show it. That's why it's it's public, right? Paul continues in that Romans 6 passage in verse 5, and he says this, For if we have been united with Jesus or him in death like his... We will certainly also be united with him in what? A resurrection like this. Verse 8 says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Here's the key about baptism. No one, at least in this church, no one stays under the water of baptism. Amen? That's a good thing, right? Nobody does. What do we do? We come up out of the water. We come up out of the water, which means that now after death comes new life. The old me is gone. The new me is now free to walk in Jesus. And just as another side note, that's why immersion or baptismo in the, in the, in the scripture here means so much to come up out of death. It symbolizes new life in Christ or 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. Baptism proclaims what has happened, but it also proclaims that I have been set free, and it shows my new life. And here's the third one. Baptism is my proclamation that I'm telling the world that my faith in Jesus has changed me. It's changed me. You see, baptism is meant to be the public start of my life in Jesus and the public start of my ministry. If you go back to Matthew chapter 3 that we just read on Jesus' baptism, you will notice something. Before this, there was, there was really no public ministry of Jesus. And then Jesus was baptized. That's where it all started. Right after that, the miracles, the conversions, the sermons, the healings, the discipling, baptism, listen to me closely, is meant to be the starting line of this for you. The starting line of your coming out. The starting line of your proclamation to the world that it has changed me. It's meant to be that you are saved and then you are baptized. Matt, are you trying to tell me that a person should be immediately baptized after they trust Jesus? Exactly, you're getting it, yes. There's no length of time necessary. There's no more understanding necessary as fast as possible with proper planning, celebrating, of course, you should be baptized if you're a believer in Jesus. That's what scripture reads. Well, Matt, what if I'm not ready? Man, you know what that does? I want to say this sensitively. It's late in the day, though. So here we go. What if I'm not ready? You know what that does in my mind? I'm just going to be honest with you for a minute. It opens up a lot of conversations in my mind how sincerely you understand what Christ did for you. That's what it does. And what Jesus did for you and how much you really do want to align yourself with who he is. Well, man, I can talk about Jesus. I'm just not sure about this baptism thing. 
Listen, in the Bible, it is very clear the rhythm of what a believer's life should look like. It should be that you get saved and then you're baptized. It should be you get saved and then you're baptized. In fact, if you go through the book of Acts, real quick, just for kicks, let's do it, right? In the book of Acts, watch the rhythm real fast in these verses. Acts 2 verse 38, then Peter replied, this is at Pentecost, to the people. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus. And then watch what it says of what happened on verse 41 in Acts 2. It says those who accepted his message, what? They were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number, what? That day. No time passed. No, I mean, no group went on and went, yeah, we'll worry about that next year and maybe down the road a little bit. No. In Acts 8 verse 13, Simon, it says this, Simon this is the sorcerer, himself believed and was baptized automatically. Verse 36 of chapter 8 says this, as they traveled along the road. This is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, right? The eunuch didn't understand the scripture. Philip came up to him, introduced him to who Jesus is, and watch what happened. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? This guy just met Jesus. He's like, whoa, 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 stop the chariot. There's a pool over there. Let me get in it. I love that question. In Acts 9, at Paul's conversion, it says immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. And he got up and he was baptized. My personal favorite is Paul and Silas. They're in prison that night. Remember the, the whole prison kind of busted open. Nobody went anywhere. They're still in the jail. The jailer's about to kill himself and they stop him. They're like, no, we're still here. And then they start talking about Jesus. Listen to this in Acts 16, verse 30. It says, he, that's the jailer, brought them in, brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Verse 32 then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. Verse 33, I love it, circle it. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then, he, and then immediately him and his household were baptized. I love it. It's like a midnight baptism in the backside of Philippi right here, right? It's, it's incredible. But that's the rhythm of scripture. The rhythm is you hear about Jesus, you repent of your sins, you get saved, and you're baptized. It's the first act of obedience in your life. It should be the greatest moment of you proclaiming to the world what has happened into you. In fact, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus looked at us and said, hey, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge you before the Father. The first implication of that means that whoever stands and proclaims to the world through the death and the burial and the resurrection of baptism is showing the world who you're aligned with. So here's my question for you as we close. Have you followed Jesus in this? Have you followed Jesus in this? Look, I told you earlier, right? It's either yes or no. There's no wiggle room. Well, I think I was baptized. That doesn't work, right? It's not like I would think I was faithful or I think my thoughts were pure, right? No. Have you been baptized as a believer? It's simple. It's yes or no. In fact, even the requirements are simple. You say, Matt, what are the requirements to be baptized? Tell me, tell me, tell me. No, Jesus that's it. It doesn't mean that you're mature in your faith. It doesn't mean that you're walking as Charles Spurgeon or, or, or any of Charles Stanley. None of that, right? Not Billy Graham. No. To be saved means one has given their life to Jesus. It's the anchor in their first, 
first anchor of their faith story. Baptism is not something to ponder. It's something to be obedient in. In fact, when you believe, the Bible says, you get baptized. Let me me give you a five-word just summary of baptism real quick. And then we're going to jump into an incredible, incredible time. Number one, baptism is a beginning. It's a beginning. You say, Matt, what does that mean? It's the beginning of my public walk with Jesus. Number two, baptism is worship. It's worship. It's me giving God the worth of my life and what he has done for me. Number three, it's obedience. It's obedience, surely, because why? Because Jesus told us to do it. Jesus told us this is how we proclaim who he is. Number four, it's identifying. It is driving an anchor in our lives that says this is who I live for. And number five, it's a symbol. It's a symbol of what Christ has done for me. It's for all believers, from the youngest of them to the oldest of them. And it's never too late to say yes to God. In fact, I want you to check out this short video from a friend named Davis that made this decision recently. I accepted Christ when I was in eighth grade. I welcomed Jesus into my life. There was life change uh, and was affirmed in the fact that, um, you know, I, I was now a follower of Jesus. For whatever reason, it's easier not to do something or, um, hey, I know Jesus and I love Jesus and I'm following him and I'm learning about him and I'm trying to live the way that he's asked us to live. I think things happen at the right time in God's timing. And um, it re- I really just needed that moment of, hey, it's not about you. Um, it's about your relationship with me and it's about the public profession of, you know, of that relationship and, and being proud of that. And You know, God had been working on, on me specifically for a while and, you know, I kind of batted the questions away or, you know, my wife would ask me, you know, when are you going to take this next step? And, you know, of course my answer was, you know, look, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, I have a relationship with him. But I, I think it, he started navigating this and pulling me in uh, when we came to the church, to be honest, and we became members and then we joined a life group and throughout that first year in life group, um, you know, Marty met me for lunch and we talked about business and we talked about opportunity to share the gospel. We talked about my personal life and, you know, parents, upbringing, parenting, you know, just everything and in between. I asked Marty to, to baptize me and then I think um, he couldn't have picked a better day, you know, with the age that my kids were and them being able to, to see me go through Believer's Baptism. It's just really neat to see God navigate these situations as all we have to do is be obedient and say yes. If you're feeling the slightest tug, uh, if there's that curiosity or if you feel, you know, God kind of pulling you in, um, I would I would challenge you to uh, just make that conversation between you and God. Um, it doesn't matter who's in the room or what's going on. If you're feeling that that pull, um, I would say from my experience, the, the best thing to do is uh, is to is to stand up and, and, and go say yes. I think you'll find that there's a lot of freedom and joy that comes with uh, just giving God your yes.
The incredible part of that video is during the 9.30 hour, Davis was one of the guys down here that were receiving people that were making this decision today with a big old smile and a big old hug with his wife and girls sitting right beside him smiling at their daddy. Here's the invitation today, okay? Number one, I want to ask you, do you need to give your life to Jesus today? Man, all we've talked about is the gospel, really. It's the saving work of Jesus that allows us to take a step into new life today. And maybe that's you today. And in just a second, when we start our invitation, I'm going to be standing over here by the Next Steps banner. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, man, come look me in the face and just say, Matt, I need Jesus today. What do I need to do? And I'd love to walk with you in what that looks like today. But secondly, here is an incredibly big part of the invitation today. And I just want to ask you today, is this your day? Is this your day? In just a minute, we've got some more baptisms planned. We've got some worship to happen. We're not done yet. All right, this is not the queue to run to the parking lot or anything. All right, we left some time on purpose today. We've got some more baptisms that we're going to celebrate because I wanted to leave time for any of you that today, that something inside of you is saying, wow. I just need to say yes. I have no excuse not to. Let me, let me tell you this. We're ready for you. We bought out Walmart of everything they need, right? Of all that you need today. We're streaming this service live so you could text grandma while walking upstairs in just a second during this invitation and say, hey, cut on that YouTube. Ask the neighbor to help you do that, right? Right now. We got people in place that are going to walk with you up and help you get changed. Listen, this is a huge, huge deal. This is not something to put off. But Matt, I was, I was baptized as a baby, to which I would just say again, that's fabulous. But now let's take that and say, hey, my mom, dad, thanks for doing that in my life. I am now verifying the hopes that you had for my life to walk in Jesus. But Matt, I rode with people. Let me tell you something. If they ain't good enough friends to wait on you to be baptized, then you don't need them, right? We'll help you get home, and we're not closing the service up anyway. So it's not going to matter. But Matt, I, I'm not really ready to swap denominations. Look, I'm not asking you to be baptized in the name of Burn Hickory. No. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, is today your day? In just a minute, we're going to stand up. And as soon as we stand up, for some of you, it's that first step that's all that's needed. It's the first step. We're going to hang around for as long as we need to do this. It's the first step. For some of you, you've got somebody beside you that you know you're in a relationship with them. And I want you just to look them dead in the eyes today and say, hey, this, I'll go with you. You need to do this. Say, man, isn't that kind of pressuring? Yeah, it is. But it's a command from God. It's as simple as that. For some of you, you need to say, hey, today's your day. Let's go. I'm going with you. And you need to do this. You need to walk this out. Lord Jesus, during this next couple of minutes of worship, God, I am just praying for a response of people who have put off this decision for a very long time to have the boldness today to say, I'm aligning myself with you, Lord Jesus. And today I'm coming out and planting my pole in the ground, and this is my anchor in my faith story. And I'm joining the over 50 that have already done it today to say, Jesus is my Lord, and I'm not ashamed. Lord, I pray for those that need to give you their life today. I pray for those that right now need to take this first step to walk up to myself or one of the many other counselors up here and just say, hey, today is my day. I want to be baptized. Lord, we already got people that are lined up that are ready to go in just a minute. And God, I just pray that some more just come with them so that we can celebrate their lives. It's in your name, Jesus. 
Amen. Let's stand and sing. Let's stand and worship. And we're coming right over here to the corner. Come walk with me. Let's go. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Were you inspired? Maybe you've got questions. Do you want to know more about Jesus? Then we'd love to hear from and connect with you. So take the next step with us by visiting burnthickory.com slash next. Again, thanks for listening. And hey, stay tuned by subscribing and stay up to date by downloading the Burnt Hickory app.